on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. New sign from Barnhart. And the pitch. He struck him out swinging and this one is over. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Pauley. Nope, just kidding. Greg Matz again for Matt Pauley, who is at Greg Hill's wedding. Matt doing the electric slide. We'll get some live video fed through our text line a little bit later on. Matt is a big fan of organized dancing, and I'm sure he's having a good time tonight. I am happy to trade in my high tops for cleats. After covering the Bucks in the playoffs in Phoenix, I am back in the good land, the state of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, as it were, covering Brewers baseball. Happy to be joined by Jerry Augustine after a 2 nothing loss. Brewers fall to the Reds. Plenty of opportunities tonight, unfortunately. Unable to dent the scoring column as Milwaukee falls to 53-37. and 37. Starting pitching, Augie, defense, it was there for the Reds. And really, a, a turning point of the game, I felt, an all-star at-bat for Jesse Winker to plate the second run of the game. I, this was an 11-pitch at-bat, and the 10th pitch, he barely made contact with, just squibbed one foul, bought himself a little time, and on the 11th pitch, he... Uh, Hit that ball down the right field line, played in the second run. So you felt like the scoring opportunities were going to be few and far between for the Brewers tonight. They had them, just fell a little bit short on a night pitching, really, for both teams was pretty solid. Reds just a little better. Yeah, I agree with you, and I thought the Winker at bat was a huge at bat, especially what he's been doing lately coming into that at bat. I think he was he had only had two hits his last 30, 31 or 32 at-bats is really struggling at the plate. We saw last night that he had some struggles, but uh, really had a really good at-bat and fought us some very good pitches, and on the 11th pitch was able to go out and get a changeup and hook it into the, the right field corner for a double scoring. Wade Miley, who had doubled early and come up with the big 2 nothing uh, score, and that, that plays huge. The one nothing score is always uh, is pretty special. They always have the lead, but that extra run at that time in the game in that seventh inning always plays big, and Winker did a nice job getting that double uh, plating uh, Wade Miley going up 2 nothing. So uh, how do you digest a game like this? Do you, do you find yourself encouraged by what you saw from Brewers pitching, or do you find yourself you know, smacking yourself in the head wondering where the Brewers' offense was and about those missed opportunities? We'll take your thoughts at 855-616-1620 tonight, 855-616-1620. Do call in if you're on your way home from the ballpark. Beautiful night for baseball at American Family Field. Uh, before I get your thoughts on that, Augie, if you're managing tonight's game... Are you getting tossed? If you're Craig Council, are you getting tossed? Put yourself in Craig's uniform. Jerry Augustine is managing the Brewers. Are you finishing that game in the dugout? Uh, it's going to be pretty close. Uh, there are some, a lot of really close play, plays and uh, things to be argumentative about. Uh, I just thought that uh, Craig really kept his composure. Uh, probably a lot of times, uh, I think Craig, one thing about Craig, Craig has, he has a really good game knowledge. And he kind of understands when it's a, a good time to go out, and and sometimes you go out and you get yourself thrown out of the game, especially just to get the just to change the complexion of the game. But just the way the game was going, Wade Miley was throwing the ball exceptionally well, and I tell you what, Eric Lauer threw the ball very well today. So we had a, a good pitchers duel, uh, just the one run in the fourth inning most of the game, and I just I think it was a, a situation there where you 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 think about going out and really arguing and maybe changing that. Complexion. But I think it was at a time where I, I, I believe that Craig just felt that it's it, at that time it was better for him to be in the dugout and hopefully make a good move towards later later in the ball game, which could produce a couple runs and win a ball game. So I'm sitting there looking at uh, that Jace Peterson at bat, especially Augie in, in the final inning. Um, you know, Avicel Garcia gets on base, uh, tying run is at the plate. You've got another opportunity. Felt like you know the third. You know, real opportunity for the Brewers to score in this game, maybe the fourth. So he gets on for a double, first pitch of the ninth inning. Telez strikes out. He did hit a home run against Embry, so I, I get why Craig Council went there. It was a lefty bat. Jace Peterson's been doing a lot of great things at the plate. And I felt like the bat was just taken out of his hand. So it, to me, Council's got a choice there. Protect your hitter, because I, I felt like the same thing happened to Yelich on a couple of occasions tonight. And get rung. Or is he saying, look, this is, it's not a good call, but it's where the strike zone has been all game long, and it benefited the Brewers at times as well? 
Well, it expanded strike zone. I, I think when we look at this this series so far, including last night, we saw a lot of pitches that we we had a lot of expanded strike zones, and that went for both sides. That went for for Lauer when he was out there, along with Sanchez, Strickland, and and Gustavi. They they threw some pitches off the plate and got them. I think sometimes you just see what the what what the consistency was. I I thought that uh, last strike to Peterson was a ball fully outside. Uh, Umpire gave it to him, but all night long on that side part, of that side of the plate, he was somewhat inconsistent and in giving that pitch. And uh, it was just a uh, a pitch right there where you take Peterson, who has a great eye for great eye at the plate. He makes great adjustments, swinging the bat very, very well for the Brewers. And and uh, I think he was correct in staying off that pitch. The ball was out just a little bit, uh, but the umpire was a little aggressive and had a little bit of a wide strike zone on the outside part of the plate and uh, got him on the call strike three. I, the Reds are an interesting team. I, I feel like. They've got some pop in their lineup. I look at Eugenio Suarez, and I wonder to myself, how is he hitting 176? That doesn't add up to me, given what his career has been. But he hit only about 200 a year ago. He has not bounced back. In fact, he's regressed. But the power numbers are there. So it's kind of an all-or-nothing sort of deal for Eugenio Suarez. These two teams have separated themselves, no doubt, as uh, the best two teams in the NL Central, with the Brewers still holding a sizable advantage here, a six-game lead. Both will maybe change the complexion of their roster a little bit. I want to talk about what makes sense for the Milwaukee Brewers coming up in a moment. But I, I like what the Brewers have done here in in taking advantage of a soft part of the schedule, but also, Jerry, getting a bit of a jump start on the trade deadline. So the trade for Willie Adamas, that, that made sense, and it, it, it seemed like a move out of desperation almost at the time to inject some life in the offense, but it has paid dividends. And... You almost get a jump start on the rest of the teams that are going to be buyers here um, at the trade deadline. So I get it. Didn't play out tonight like you would have hoped, but I still look at where the Brewers are in the standings at 53 and 37. I mean, you're at a point where you, you play 500 baseball and, and you're going to be around 90 wins. And, and I think that's going to be a solid number here to be a playoff team in the National League. Maybe I, I agree. I agree. I, I think the Willie Adamas trade was something that, that they have been contemplating for a while. And, you know, you hear after the trade was made that they had been working with Tampa Bay talking about Willie Adamas for the last year or so and, and, and kicking the tires to see if they could come up with a good, with a trade. And I think what happened with the move, move of Arcia, they, they, that, that was a situation where they were going to make that trade and, uh, they did make that trade with the Braves and, and giving Urias the, the sole possession at shortstop just to see what he would do. I don't think it panned out the way they wanted. Uh, I, I think Urias was, not that he wasn't overmatched, which he wasn't. It's just that he was trying sometimes being too aggressive and, and, and had made some errors and they felt that this team has to be strong defense. This team is built for pitching and defense. They have up the middle, you have to be strong. And they had an opportunity to go out and get a guy who is solid on the defensive part. I think the offensive side of the ball, I think, has been a surprise and a, a very pleasant surprise that Willie Adamas has done for the Brewers on the offensive side. But his energy and what he brings to this team on the defensive side has really played a huge role in where they are. I think before that, Colton Wong was like the captain of the infield. I think Willie Adamas came in and said, Hey, Colton, you play second base. You're a gold glove second base. I, uh, I really respect what you do there, but this is, I'm going to take over. I'm the shortstop. I'm going to take over in that infield. I'm going to make the plays. I'm going to make sure that everybody understands what's going on during the game. And if you watch the game constantly, he's always talking. He's moving, looking at the outfield, looking at the infielders, talking to Urias at third base. Those are things that a leader does. And I think Willie Adamas trade since they made that. May 22nd has just been huge, and it's really changed this club around. They say his energy, yes, but I think it's his defense. Uh, what he has done for this ball club has just been spectacular. Well, he's involved in everything, and I like that, right? If it's a, if it's a rally, if it, it, anything. Like, it seems like Willie Adamas is at the heart of it all, including maybe the most controversial play of the night, Augie. It, it came late in the game, right? Seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. The Brewers had their opportunities. The eighth especially. Luis Arias popped up the shortstop. Adamas was able to draw a walk. Then you got Christian Yelich coming up, and you're thinking, okay, we've got the heart of the order. Here we go. Yelich hits a ground ball to third base. Suarez it does an amazing job just getting a glove on it and spinning and firing a throw to second that was on target. Uh, that looked like a double off the bat. It, it did look like the ball sort of 
caromed back towards Suarez instead of away from Suarez and one of the angles I saw, uh, a replay angle. But nonetheless, uh, a marvelous defensive play, and the Reds had many tonight. But I, I must admit, I did not understand the call at second base in which Adamas slid a little bit late. I would not call it a hard slide. And given Christian's speed and the fact that he was well beyond the bag as the, uh, the ball was coming into the first baseman's glove, Joey Votto, I, I was shocked to see an interference call there. It's one of the other reasons I thought Council had a beef, but I, I don't know if he saw it the same way. He didn't put up much of a fight. He asked for a review. There was a review. We know umpires don't like to, to turn on one another, so I'm not surprised the end call was what it was. But instead of a potential run-scoring opportunity, all of a sudden you got a double play and the inning is over. So boom, it's gone. It just vanquished. That play does not get called that way when you play. That's for well, sure. It didn't because the rules were different then. The rules are very specific that you must maintain that you, you stay on the base or stay close to the base. And really, Willie Adamas, after he, when he slid into India at second base, he actually did like a little roll and was way, way beyond second base. I think that was not a, 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 a interference call because of Christian and, and being past the base and beating that out and, truly not going to be a double play. I think it was a double play call for technical reasons. The technical reason is you've got to stay too close to the base and that you can touch the base. You can't go beyond it. And Willie being a shortstop totally understands that. I know he was frustrated. I think he was more frustrated at himself by going by because he knows that they would never would have gotten Christian. But uh, I think at the same time, the umpires made the call because of technical reasons. And that's because when those things happen, even though you can't, you're not going to turn a double play, it still can cause an injury. And that's why that rule is there. Back, when, back in the 70s and 80s, you could go by the base. You could roll through it as long as you stayed in the straight line. That's not the rule anymore. you got to stay in contact with that base, and if you do any roll and go beyond it, they're going to call interference. And I really thought that from the umpire stand, stand on that point, technically it was, a, it was an interference because Adamas did not stay close enough to the base or where he could stay on the base. I, I wish intent had something to do with it. Right, because I don't think he intended to roll into the knee, uh, you know, of the guy making the relay throw. And and Yelich is so damn fast. I mean, it, you could slide whenever. Christian's going to beat that out, given what Suarez had to do. So uh, you may be right in that Adamus may have been more frustrated with himself. That you, you just make your normal slide, right? I mean, just peel off. You don't even have to go to second base. Christian's going to beat that out. Um, but it was another opportunity missed, Augie, and, and there weren't many tonight, but it seemed like the 7th, 8th, and ninth, you started to move to the edge of your seat a little bit. Whenever the Reds needed a defensive play, they got it tonight. And, and I thought their defense was outstanding. Um, you think about the throw that Winker made to uh, second base to cut down Jace Peterson after a, one of the harder-hit balls of the night for the Brewers. Keston Hero followed with the double. You wonder what the pitch, uh, pitch sequence would have been like for Wade Miley uh, had Peterson been on second base. But nonetheless, it's another missed opportunity. But the Reds' defense helped pave the way, and they kept Wade Miley clean tonight. I think one thing you ask, when you talk about the Cincinnati Reds and you talk Great American Ballpark, it's definitely a, a, a great. It's a it's a great hitters' ballpark. You talk about Miller Park in a in a right field corner, how how great of a ballpark it is for a left hand hitter. Well, when you go to Great American Ballpark, it's an offensive ballpark. The ball flies out of there. But when you think about the Cincinnati Reds each and every year, you look at where they are on the defensive side of the ball. They're usually close to the top of Major League Baseball with their defensive play. And I thought this year they struggled at times with defensive play because they've had some uh, indecisions at, at shortstop. They didn't know who their shortstop was. Suarez was there. Now Farmer's there making different things uh, uh, along with Moustakis. But I think when you look at what this team is, what they can do, the way they play good defense, that's usually where they are every year. I think tonight was as good a defense as they have probably played all year. You look at the Suarez play, you look at the weaker play, and that's just a couple of them behind Wade Miley. Uh, this team really played good, solid defense. And when you you have when you play defense with Wade Miley, you know you're going to get some ground balls. You know you're going to get some action. And uh, and I thought they combined uh, combined together with good pitching and very strong defense and really played a great ball game against Milwaukee tonight. Would love to hear from you on the program tonight. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Greg Matzik in for Matt Pauly. Jerry Augustine in for Jerry Augustine. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. How do you digest a game like this? We are approaching the trade deadline. 
what makes most sense here for the Brewers. We'll take your thoughts coming up on the other side. We'll also look at the Knights for the two lefty starting pitchers, something Jerry knows a lot about, being a former lefty in the big leagues. How do you analyze and break down the night for Wade Miley and Eric Lauer, who's becoming a bit of an unsung hero for this first-place Milwaukee Brewers team? Much more Brewers Extra Innings after this on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. When a pitcher is in the windup that much, the pitch. Swing and a liner, base hit to left. This is down in the corner, and he's going to turn and go to second base with a standing one-out double. One of seven hits for the Brewers in a losing effort. The offense... Had opportunities tonight, especially late, but it was the Reds who hold on for the 2-0 victory and uh, have split the series now so far against the Brewers. Two more games to go Saturday and Sunday afternoon as we wind down the first half of the regular season. Milwaukee still with a six-game lead over Cincinnati for the top spot in the NL Central. This is Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Greg Matzik. He's Jerry Augustine. Matt Pauley on assignment at Greg Hill's wedding Doing the barking spider, electric slide. Are you a big organized dance fan, Jerry? Like, if 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 I bring you to the wedding, are, are you are you getting the dancing started? Are are you getting low? Are you doing anything interesting on the dance floor? I think more. I'm more of a follower, Greg. I think uh, I let it, I let everybody get started, and then I see if I can even move my feet like they can, and then I'll go out on okay. the floor. But uh, I'm not one of those guys that started because I don't think I have the dance steps to be out there on my own. Believe me. Yeah. I, I'm usually at the bar, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. I'm, I'm and I'm probably the right bar. there with I'm you. Not, I'm not hard to find. I'm very easy to find at a wedding. Very, very easy. Uh, not a lot of celebrating for the Brewers tonight, however, just a, an outstanding start to the, the season here and you know, becoming a clear-cut favorite here in the NL Central with a 53-37 and 37 record. I wanted to look at the starters tonight, Jerry, and, and get your thoughts on both Wade Miley and Eric Lauer. Lauer is... His ERA trumps his record. Now, if you're talking about a, a number six starter, which is kind of what Eric Lauer is, uh, and he's been pressed into duty with some injuries, but a 3.83 ERA for a guy who was just completely lost a year ago, uh, th- this has been a remarkable turnaround. What is working for him so well? Uh, it, it, it's a little hit and miss, but it's been more hit than miss lately. Yeah, you, you know, when we first saw him, where his struggles were uh, last year, when he, he came in and it, it was a more, more throwing a, a little bit of a fastball away, a little tailing fastball with a changeup, and then throwing that big curveball and elevating the fastball in, and he just wasn't in command of the fastball on a consistent basis that caused him some problems. But I really think that he step, took that step back and he said, you know what, I have to revamp myself. I know I'm not throwing the ball where I'm capable of. Now I just got to get in a routine. And I got to find out what makes me what makes me tick as far as a major league pitcher. And he's done that. What we're seeing out of him now, you look at what he did tonight: 19 out of 26 first pitch strikes. That's a left hand pitcher or any pitcher going out and doing that. You're going to have success because you're throwing strike one, which is extremely important. But he's come up with a little bit of a cutter now tonight. We, I saw it a little bit more than I have in the past. And the way you keep hitters honest, especially when you're a left hander facing right handers, if you can get that good tailing fast way, get that for a strike, own the outside part with that changeup that he's got, which he's been able to do on a consistent basis this year, and then throw that cutter on the inside that moves into a right-hand hitter. Now, it doesn't have to move much, but just a little bit. It's really going to change how the hitters react to you. They can't really sit on that ball away because that that cutter on the inside part of plate is just going to jam them. So they have to be they have to be aware of that pitch, and I think what he's doing now, he's getting his breaking ball over a little bit more consistent, but I like his fastball, what he's doing with it. He's being able to throw it away, he's being able to elevate it when he wants to, and he's ahead, and he reaches back and gets that little extra, but he's starting to throw that cutter, and that's keeping, that's keeping a lot of hitters honest, and I think that's a big pitch for him as he goes along. He's throwing the ball very well, and you know you could classify him as a six, uh, number six starter, but he's getting in a routine now where he's getting the opportunity to go out there uh, when his turn turn comes and he's really doing a good job you know in watching Lauer tonight in Miley they were matching each other pitch for pitch for the bulk of their time on the mound Lauer ultimately a little elevated pitch count a couple of runs scored Brewers trying to get some runs across of their own right so they go to the bullpen a little bit early Uh, Miley gets into the ninth inning before giving up that leadoff double 
what I noticed about Miley tonight especially, and, and this is what I really enjoyed about watching him when he was with the Brewers, he, he just had such a good tempo tonight, Jerry, and I, I think that's such a, a key thing for a pitcher, right? You get into that groove, the Brewers really didn't, disrupt that tempo all too much uh, there's some tricks you can do when you're at the plate to try and break a, a pitcher's timing and tempo but as, as I look for Eric Lauer to to kind of grow and continue on his development that's the kind of thing that really stands out about a veteran pitcher like Wade Miley comfortable confident finds a groove stays in tempo stays in rhythm defense never gets on its heels and that's a big deal I, I noticed that specifically from Miley tonight yeah, I agree. I, I think when, when, the one thing about Wade Miley and remembering remember back when he pitched with the Brewers, he, he, when he starts the ball game, he kind of picks up the tempo that he needs. And, you know, there's sometimes when he'll be just a tad slower, take a little bit more time. When he finds that groove and he's got a good feel for his pitches, like we all know that his big pitches, that good slider on the inside part, cutter, slider, whatever you want to call it, he can really command it on that inside part of play to a right-hander away on a left-hander. But what we're seeing out of him tonight a little bit, and he did use it a little bit with Milwaukee, but getting back to old-style left-handed pitching is you get that good fastball away with a little bit of tail down and away, or you elevate it, and that ball takes off a little bit. It's tough to handle from a right-hand hitter, especially when you know you got that good slider in. And I thought tonight he was really good. Getting that leadoff hitter is the key for Wade Miley. And he didn't allow a leadoff hitter to get on base, I believe, until the fifth or sixth inning, I believe it was. Stayed away from a lot of deep counts, something that I think Eric Lauer has to do to be successful also. He stays away from the three-ball counts. He's a much better pitcher. But I, I thought Wade Miley... It was as good as I've seen him with the Brewers, where tonight he commanded that good slider on the inside part of play. He had that four-seamer that he could throw up in the up in the zone when he needed to, but he also had that two-seamer and that little change-up away that really made him made the Brewers take a, a little bit different look. They just couldn't get set on one side of the plate or the other or try to take a side of the plate away from him because he was pretty dominant on both sides of the plate. And when you can do that, you're going to have a pretty good game tonight. Wade Miley had that. Yeah, looking at the uh, the box score here for, for both pitchers, as I mentioned, Miley able to work into the ninth inning. He did help his own cause at the plate, uh, delivering a double and really stretching it into a, not a triple, but he took third on a throwing air. Uh, so good on him for that, and he would score the second run of the game, a, a critical insurance run for the Cincinnati Reds tonight. On a night, the Brewers' offense had opportunities but could never dent the scoreboard. So officially eight innings for Miley, seven hits allowed, three uh, walks, four strikeouts. Uh, had his stuff working. He's not a high-volume strikeout guy, um, but is able to work his pitches so well. He's got a good cutter, keeps hitters off balance. You saw it tonight. He did benefit from a bit of an expanded strike zone, if I'm being perfectly honest. As for Lauer, six innings pitched, four walks, three strikeouts, so reverse numbers there. Uh, but one earned run allowed uh, on 89 pitches. So you talk about this Brewers, Brewers team navigating the first half of the season, Augie. It, it has been a way of life here for the Brewers to expand the rotation a little bit. And, you know, injuries have, have put a little dent in that plan, but they've had enough off days that I think they've been able to handle it okay. But knowing the volume and the workload anticipated for this season compared to what happened last year, this is the strategy Craig Council employed at the start of the season. When possible, you work in a sixth. I wasn't sure how good that was going to go. I was a little nervous. I was a little. I was not terribly confident beyond the depth after Freddie Peralta. I just wasn't sure. And I think a lot of teams are not sure about their four or five and sixth starter. That's the difference between playoff teams and non-playoff teams. This is part of the reason why the Brewers are where they are. Because they got the three studs, the back end is solid, but I want to say number four, five, and six, about as good as you're going to find in the National League. They, they've got some depth there, and it's, it's proven critical, I think, to this juncture. I, I agree with you. You know, I, I relate back to spring training, and Chris looked doing an interview uh, in spring training, and he, he looks down and he says, you know, we have... 30 pitchers in camp or 30-some pitchers, whatever it may be, uh, Greg. And he, the one thing he talked about, he says, we're going to need all of them. This is a long season. We're coming off a, a really totally different thing that there's ever been in baseball. And we're coming off a 60-game schedule. We had a bunch of time off. And it, we're going to need all 30 pitchers. And, it, and it's 
pretty much proving out to be that way. But, you know, I agree with you. I think when you look at the top three guys, and congratulations to Freddie Peralta was named to the All-Star game after after the game is, uh, since Woody's pitching on Sunday. Um, I think when you when you look at what those top three guys have done, and then you add a, a, a Adrian Hauser and uh, you, you add the Eric Lauer and Brett Anderson, Brett Anderson, if you take those five, those six starters, Greg, you th- how many of them have started a full season in the big leagues? Probably you look at Brett, Brett Anderson's the only guy. The other guys really have not. And so they're in uncharted, te- uncharted territory. So I think what Craig, Craig Council and the organization is doing saying, you know what? We're going to have to make sure that these guys, to keep these guys strong, that we expand our rotation, that we use it whenever we can to get these guys to rest so that when September comes, the most meaningful part of the season, and you hopefully get into the playoffs, that these guys are strong because they have three starters that is, are as good uh, as three starters as there is in baseball right now and the way they're pitching the baseball. So you, you look at the top three are doing. You got Woody, who's a, a warrior. You got you got uh, Corbin Burns, who's a surgical guy. He's a doctor. He's out there. He really works on with all his pitches. And you got Freddie Peralta, who just goes right after you. But you can't take anything away. And I think you would agree with me from the way Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, and Brett Anderson approach their job and keep the team in the ball game. And it's going to be so important that these guys keep it up. And that bullpen, we're starting to see some pretty good arms. Uh, we saw it tonight out of Sanchez and Strickland and Gustavi all throw the ball in that upper 90 level. Uh, they start throwing strikes and get a little bit more experience. This could be a very good pitching staff. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us as we look ahead here not only to the games that remain in the first half of the season we're also starting to knock on the door here of the trade deadline what's it going to look like here for the brewers they did get a little jump start with the willie adamas trade they've done some tinkering in the, in the bullpen what else makes sense Augie and i explore that coming up on the other side we'll take your thoughts as well what would you like to see happen? 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. 2 nothing. the final tonight. The Reds pull away from the Brewers and earn the victory. More Brewers Extra Innings after this on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Without a home run or run batted in, bounces one to third. There's Urias again. Long, strong throw, and he just got him. Wayne Motley gave that one a go, tried to poke it down the left field line. Urias pulled it down and threw him out. No further damage. Strong starting pitching, great defense, especially from the Reds tonight. Not a lot of offense. Weren't sure what you might expect. A pair of lefties on the mound tonight. Wade Miley getting the best of the Brewers and Eric Lauer. 2-0 in the final. The Reds knock off the Brewers. Inching a game closer to Milwaukee in the standings. Brewers still with a comfortable six-game lead with just two games left here before the All-Star break. Greg Matz again for Matt Pauley. Jerry Augustine along for the ride. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us tonight. How do you digest tonight's game? Is it all about pitching? Are you frustrated with the Brewers' lack of offense and the missed opportunities? And what do you think makes most sense leading into the trade deadline? We've got Tim, who was at the game tonight. Beautiful night for baseball, Tim. Wish a winner would have been son, or seen by you and uh, whoever you were with. What do you got tonight? Uh, just a couple comments. Uh, first, I've been really impressed with uh, Eric Lauer's last couple starts. If I'm not wrong, I think the last three, he's given up one run or less. Um, and I think he's probably like their number four starter right now. Um, but I guess the bigger conversation would be uh, guys like Trevor Story or uh, Nelson Cruz. Um, to me, could you trade a guy like Trevor Story for Luis Arias? Are you hedging too much on that or giving up too much? And then uh, what would you have to get up, give up to get a guy like Nelson Cruz? And then uh, or what are you doing with Keston, Dan, and uh, Rowdy now since they're all pretty much first basemen? Uh, yeah, appreciate the phone call, Tim. So this is kind of interesting, Augie, because injuries have forced the Brewers' hands to some degree. The injury to Travis Shaw, uh, the offense took a big hit. So enter Willie Adamas. You end up peeling out of your bullpen with Drew Rasmussen and, and uh, J.P. Fireisen, guys who were you know, pretty solid contributors in the sixth inning on. And then Daniel Vogelback gets in injured. And I, I would guess the severity of his injury is pretty significant because the Brewers made another trade for... Daniel Vogelback 2.0 in Rowdy Telez, who looks a lot like Daniel Vogelback, right? There's everything about him. So 
what happens moving forward, I think, remains to be seen. But I, I think if you're if you're going to go after a big dog, um, and the Brewers have kicked the tires on anybody, I, I don't think you can disrupt what's working on the Major League roster. And what's working right now is Luis Urias, along with Willie Adamas. That, that has been an outstanding duo. They, they have... They've sort of worked with one another, and I, you could say that Adamas helped pick Urias up, and, and he lo- long, no longer has the yips, and he's he's got a power stroke here. I, I would be nervous about poaching from the big league roster anymore. You, you gave up a couple of quality arms in the back end of the bullpen. There was a price to be paid for everything that Willie Adamas has brought to this team. I'd be nervous about doing that because the team is where it is because of the collection of talent in that clubhouse. I think when you what Kim brought up with with, with Story and, and Nelson Cruz is you know I think if you make a trade of that type of caliber they're going to want a major league player in return. I think that's just what teams are going to want. Now can you make make a trade where you add maybe two very high talented minor league players and and if if they that are close to being in the big leagues would that fit a, a team like Colorado or Minnesota or whomever? Uh, it, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of people out there. It's just a matter of what you have to do. I think when you look at the Brewers, everybody says that the corners of the infield are the biggest story or biggest area that they need to fulfill or get better at. Everybody likes their outfield. They like what they see up the middle. Uh, so it's interesting to see what they do behind the plate. They're excellent. Uh, so I think when you talk about those corners, you talk about a, a guy like Urias, so why, what would they do with him if they did not train him? Well, he could fill in so many places. You're, we're looking at injuries. We're seeing Colton Wong being down twice now by injury. And, you know, you can give Adamas a break from time to time. And I think that's where Urias could really fit in and really still learn the ball game, learn the game of Major League Baseball very well. So it's kind of interesting. I think when you, you look at it, I think going into the season, a guy like Vogelbach, who was a guy who was going to play very minimal first base, be that pinch hitter, left-handed hitter off the bench because he takes a lot of pitches. Well, then they went, oh, Gattel's kind of, Hopefully that they can, when Vogelback comes back, could that be the same situation? So I think the corners are something they're going to be very interested. How they fill them, how they make the changes. I think David Stearns and Matt Arnold really have a good idea of how they want to do it. Now, can they go out and make a trade that best suits and makes the ball club better is going to be something that we are, that's going to be questioned. We'll see what they do as the trade, line go, trade deadline comes about. Yeah, I want to continue that conversation coming up on the other side of the news. Other directions the Brewers could go. There's a glaring need, in my opinion. Uh, I want to get Augie's thoughts on that. 2 nothing, the final from American Family Field. Brewers fall to 53-37. and 37. The Reds improved to 46-42. and 42. More BEI after this on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Two-two delivery. Here it is. Bono a swing and a miss. Struck him out, and the inning is over. Eric Lauer gets out of any further jam. Outstanding pitching performance by Eric Lauer, albeit... In a losing effort, Brewers fall to the Reds 2-0. Wade Miley just a little bit better tonight, going eight innings and picking up the win, helping himself at the plate with a double. He would later come around to score. Uh, doing it with defense as well. I, you know, I I really appreciated Wade Miley during his time in Milwaukee, Jerry. And uh, he's one of those players who kind of got away, didn't sign a lucrative contract when he left Milwaukee, but has continued to be effective. Meanwhile, the Brewers have pivoted and gone a little bit younger in their starting rotation with some homegrown talent, which I appreciate. But now we're getting to that time of the year where you kind of know what you got. You you know you've got all-stars in Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns and now Freddie Peralta, who will replace Woodruff on the all-star team, a well-deserved honor. You know you've got an all-star in the back end of the bullpen at Josh Hader. You've got a guy in Devin Williams who has been... Solid. I think he's been solid. He has not been lights out like he was last year, but a guy I think you still feel pretty comfortable with. The area of concern to me is when you get into the postseason, do you have multiple players who can close a game? Because if you assume that games in the postseason are going to be tight, how many times can you go to the Josh Hader well? And if you can't go to the Josh Hader well, if you can't pull that lever... How do you set up who is going to close? And it could be Boxberger. It could be Devin Williams. When the Brewers, I think, were at their best, 
is when they had Jeremy Jeffress, they had Hader, they had Soria, they had Knable. They had four guys who could close out a game. You get to the sixth inning against that group, good luck. That's the one area of concern I have for this team. It's experience closing out or pitching high-leverage innings in big-time games, big-boy baseball, not Tuesday in July against the Pirates, but I'm talking about the Dodgers or the Padres or any playoff series. Do they have enough with their current group to handle those situations, or do they need more experience in the back end of the bullpen, maybe sixth inning on? You know, Greg, that's a, a great question. You do have one of the, you do have, I think, the premier uh, closer in all of baseball, and Josh Hader. I, you know, you look at the, you look at this bullpen right now, and you would say, well, they could also go as to uh, Devin Williams. I think Devin Williams is that style of guy that at times can get, go in there and get you through that ninth inning. But he's been so good at being a setup guy, and that's where he flourishes. So I think what this ball club is doing is. Uh, you got a guy like Botsberger, who was an all-star as a closer, had 34 saves one year, really throwing the ball, has that ability. But at time, he's been up and down a little bit. We saw what he did the other night where he loaded the bases and then struck out the side. And, you know, he's a guy that, that has been able to do it in the past. I think hopefully they're hoping that he can be a little bit more consistent as far as with his command of his of his pitches. I think that's one thing that this ball club is going to work extremely hard at in the second half of the year, and that's why you're you're seeing guys like Miguel Sanchez come up tonight. I, I was really impressed the way he threw the ball. I you know they're saying Cousins with a slider. I think he's the kind of guy that he's got that big time slider, and it's an excellent pitch. He throws a good sinking fastball at 95, 96, 97. But that slider can get you in problem, get you in some problems if you always have that big slider. You got to be able to shorten that slider, make it crisp for a uh, for a strike. And but they've got some good guys. Strickland has had ten appearances now, throwing the ball without giving up run. I think that's one of the big concerns that they have for, and they understand that the bullpen is so important when you get into the beginning of September through September and into the playoffs. I agree with you. When they had the four guys that they had a couple of years ago. They, they, you wanted to get to the playoffs because I'll tell you what, they had several guys who could finish a game. Now they're really based on a Josh Hader, but I, I think there's something that they're very concerned about. Uh, do they feel Boxberger is a guy? I think they like what he's done, but I think they're looking at other ways in which they can strengthen this bullpen. And tonight you saw it with three guys that throw the ball in the upper 90s and, and really threw the ball very well. You know, and a guy like Strickland's been around a little bit, right? Had some years at the Giants and with the Tampa Bay Rays. Like he's had a little bit of success. It's it's been a little up and down, um, life of a reliever, I guess, right? If he's gone from like a, a two forty five ERA one year to a five fifty five to eight, I mean, he's been kind of all over the place. Um, he, he's a guy that gives you a little bit of experience. Uh, and a guy who's a, a a little bit older, right? So he's done well for the Brewers. I, I just I remember the trade for Joaquin Soria, and I remember being elated the Brewers made that trade. It cost them a couple of prospects, including Cody Medeiros, a former first-round pick. Uh, I'm not sure where he is at this point, but none of who the Brewers traded are in the big leagues right now. So, but but that's that's the kind of move I could see making sense here for the Brewers. Is there anything else that stands out to you, or did they answer a lot of those questions with the Willie Adamas trade? Well, I, I think Willie Adamas is the key. I, I, they're not where they are right now if it wouldn't be for Willie Adamas. And he's just added so much energy and, and changed that. He kept that culture with a very positive on the ball club and made this team a went from a, a good defensive ball club to a very, very good defensive ball club. And that's so important the way Craig Council wants his team to play. But I agree with you. I think when you look at... At, at, at that bullpen and we saw arms tonight and I'm going to bring back, I'll bring back to the with, with Sanchez and Gustavi and, and cousin, those guys. There's a difference in pitching, like you just said, pitching on a Tuesday night against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And there's a big difference in that when you get into September and the game's on the line to go to, go to the playoffs. There's a whole different type of uh, scenario that goes on and different types of pressure and, and being more precise with your, your, your pitches. And that veteran, that those, those guys that have that veteran experience really play big. And I, the Joaquin Soria, was a, that was a great pickup by the Brewers because he had that great experience. So it's just going to be interesting. That's why I said before, I think they're playing with, they like the arms they got. They, 
the arms are, are very good. They command the strike zone. They, they've got quality stuff. But do they, are they a, in that position right now to have that ability when they come in the game, when the game's on the line in the month of September and be able to do what the Brewers need to, for them to do to get to the playoffs and then beyond? So that's going to be an interesting question. It's going to be answered, I think, by the time we get to the, by the, time we get to the, the trade deadline. I think they probably will go out and get some pitching, some veteran pitching for that bullpen. I think that's going to play big. And I agree with you. I think that bullpen is so important that they have to maintain it. They have to be strong in the bullpen. But experience is going to play a big role. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on Brewers Extra Innings. We'll hear a little bit from Craig Council coming up on the other side. We'll also walk you back through the details of tonight's game, a 2 nothing loss for the Milwaukee Brewers. More Brewers Extra Innings after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Base hit here could score two. Wade Miley deals again, and Urias popped it up. Good pitch into shallow right center. Castellanos has that one. Every time the Reds need a pitch, every time the Reds needed a defensive play, they got one tonight. The Brewers had several opportunities, uh, especially late, seventh, eighth, ninth innings, some traction on the base pass, but yeah, quality pitches, quality defense, generous strike zone. It all worked in the Reds' favor tonight. A 2 nothing win for Cincinnati. They inch a game closer to the Brewers in the NL Central. Now a six-game deficit. Brewers still firmly in control here. Two games left to go to wind out the first half of the regular season. Milwaukee 50 and 37 in control of the NL Central. We'll go back through the details of the game tonight, tell you about those scoring opportunities missed by the Brewers and how the Reds were able to play a couple of runs. Time first to hear from Brewers manager Craig Council, who started off his post-game Zoom with a bit of an announcement. An announcement here. We, we, just, uh, we just learned that Freddie Peralta has been named to the National League All-Star team, uh, replacing Brandon Woodruff. So we can we can talk about the game, Freddie, whatever you however or you however order you guys want to do it, it's fine with me. If you want to talk about the game first and then Freddie, that's fine. Craig, uh, Wade Miley certainly pitched many good games for you a couple of years ago, and when he's like the spots like he did tonight and kind of moving the pace along, he's tough, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he just you know he, he did he did a good job with cutter change up and and um, we we just weren't able to. We really get anything going. We got some leadoff hitters on base. Um, you know, it felt like a bunch of the innings, but but just but nothing else, nothing else materialized ever in the innings. So um, he did a nice job. Um, you know, we couldn't get a run across. Craig, is this the best run Lauer has been on for you? And just how important is it to have stability in that spot? Yeah, Eric's pitching really well. Um, I mean, I thought he was really good tonight. Um, you know, he, he's definitely taken a step forward this year for sure, a big step forward after last year and got into a pretty good groove of taking the ball every every five days here and um, doing his job. He's, he's given us a chance to win consistently. Usually when a pitcher throws quite a few shutout innings, he has some good defensive plays, but um... – Miley made a good one himself on that bunt, and then in the uh, seventh inning, you know, Winker backed up that play and threw Jace out, and then Shorts made a really good play on Manny's ball in the hole as well. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think Jace got a little blocked out by you know when Aquino missed that ball. I think he got he got a little confused whether that Winker was there and had it. So um, that was obviously a big play. Um, yeah, the bunt play was great bunt by Eric, and and you know caused a little just enough confusion that you hope for on a bunt play, and um, you know Miley made a low throw, uh, India made a nice pick, so um, there were a couple of big plays and big spots really. Craig, obviously there was some disputes there with the umpires on ball strike, and then that that play at second base on the play at second. Do you think that's the wrong call there, or by the rule? Is that the call? Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 rule is right now. You know, if you if you go past the base um, and you you can't make contact with the base, uh, you're not making contact with the base. Then it's a whether it's intentional or not. And I think 
Willie just got kind of his feet stuck under him and kind of flipped over, unfortunately. But but that is the rule. Um, I, I I didn't expect us to win that one. Because it seemed like with uh, games on the line the last two nights, though, it's been hard to tell what's a ball and what's a strike. I, I haven't seen the replays tonight. Um, you know, the, the guys arguing are, are not guys who generally argue unless they're unless they got a pretty good case. I'll, I'll, that's what I'll tell you. I mean, you, you know, there was that's just how it is. Um, you know, there these these the misses have felt just too big. I, I guess that's the that's the that's the issue here. They're just they're big misses. Greg Hunter Strickland continues. Yeah, coming at big times, too, in the game. Brewers with several opportunities. We'll detail those opportunities coming up as we wrap up the program with the highlights. How it all went down at American Family Field. It's after this on Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. Nope, just kidding. Greg Matz again for Matt Pauley, who is uh, by now, I'm sure, doing the electric slide at Greg Hill's wedding. Matt will be back on Brewers Extra Innings in his familiar position tomorrow night in Game 3 of this four-game series. How did it all go down tonight at American Family Field? Let's get to it, shall we? Well, it looked like the Brewers were going to dent the scoring column in the first after a Willie Adamas one-out double. When a pitcher is in the windup that much, the pitch. Swing and a liner, base hit to left. This is down in the corner, and he's going to turn and go to second base with a standing one-out double. Bob Euchre on the call. Christian Yelich walked, making it first and second with one out before Avisiel Garcia grounded into a double play. That ended the inning, and it would certainly be a sign of things to come for the Reds' defense. Meanwhile, Eric Lauer mapped Wade Miley pitch for pitch, needing just five pitches to get through the third. One hit so far allowed by Lauer. There's a swing and a fly ball to right. Garcia right in his tracks makes the catch. Three quick outs for Eric Lauer. Just how you like it, but the Brewers would go 1-2-3 in the bottom half of the third. It remains scoreless in the fourth. Eugenio Suarez walked after Joey Votto grounded to begin the frame. Aristides Aquino followed with a single, putting runners on first and second with one out. After a Kyle Farmer pop-out, the stage was set for Tucker Barnhart. Pena lays down the side, Lauer at the belt, looks at his runners and throws. Swing line drive, down the left field line, a base hit. That's going to score one. Suarez is in. They are going to hold Aquino at the very last moment. Throw behind him. Got him! Yeah, really alert play. Great tag by Luis Urias to cut down Aquino at third. Just leaped a little far off, inching toward home. A good throw from Christian Yelich into Luis Urias. Got him at third that end of the inning. But the Reds were able to put one across to take a 1-0 lead. Little did we know at the time. It's all the runs they would need. Another scoring threat emerged for the Brewers in the fifth. Chase Peterson led off with a single before Keston Hira flied out. Manny Pena delivered a single of his own. Runners at first and second with one out. And a fine defensive play again by the Reds with Eric Lauer attempting a sack bunt. They said here could score two. Wade Miley deals again and Urias popped it up. Good pitch. Into shallow right center. Castellanos has that one. The play Miley made, however, prior to that, off a sack bunt attempt by Eric Lauer was outstanding. It was a well-placed bunt, and Miley angling toward third base, sort of slid and then popped up and threw to first base, sort of all in one motion. Um, and, and that looked like it was on track to be not only a sack, it looked like it was going to be a bunt base hit uh, for Eric Lauer. Unfortunately, he was cut down at first, setting the stage for Arias, who popped out with two in scoring position. So I guess it did go down as a sack bunt for Eric Lauer, but it looked like it could have been a little bit more, and the Brewers' scoring attempt was thwarted. Flight out to end of the inning. It remained one nothing. Reds going into the seventh when Miley let off for Cincinnati, doing a little everything. Handles the bat all right, the 1-0. Swing a line drive down the right field line. That might be extra bases for Wade Miley. He's around first. He's headed for second. Here's the throw from Garcia. It's offline. It's a leadoff double. Now the ball squirts away into shallow left, and Miley's going to end up at third base. 
What followed was the at-bat of the night. All-star Jesse Winker on the 10th pitch of an at-bat against Miguel Sanchez. Barely stayed alive following off the pitch. The very next pitch resulted in a key insurance run for the Reds. A look at third. 3-2 pitch. Swing a liner down the right field line. A base hit for Jesse Winker. He wins the battle. Miley scores Winker to second base with an RBI double. It's 2-0 Cincinnati. But another scoring a chance existed for us in the seventh. Jace Peterson led off the inning with a single. He tried to extend the second when the ball scurried away from the outfielder, Winker. He corralled the ball and threw a strike to cut down Peterson at second base. Keston Hira followed with a one-out double. A little pitching wedge hit down the right field line that had a little cue ball action on it. Hira, unfortunately, would be stranded. In the eighth, more scoring opportunities, more issues. and kind of a weird situation. We detailed it with Augie. Willie Adamas on board after drawing a walk and an opportunity to uh, yeah, potentially yeah, break up a double play sliding into second base on a Christian Yelich ball that it, it seemed to carry him a little bit back toward Eugenio Suarez who ranged toward third base in making a fine stab off a candy hop but still had to jump and turn to cut down Adamas at second base. Attempting to turn the double play, Yelich was well past the bag at first. Adamas was called for interference, rolling into the infielder, so it proved to be an inning-ending double play, a costly one for the Brewers in the eighth inning. But in the ninth, yet another opportunity. Delivers, and Avi Garcia sends one down the left field line. It's going to be a double, and the Brewers are in business here in the ninth. They were in business, and that was it for Wade Miley. Enter Heath Embry on the mound. Rowdy Telez at the plate, and he struck out. Jace Peterson struck out on the ball outside of the strike zone. The last gasp for the Brewers was Omar Narvaez. New sign from Barnhart. And the pitch. He struck him out swinging, and this one is over. Just like that, the game ended. Brewers shut out by the Cincinnati Reds. Just a pair of runs scored in tonight's game. Kind of a quiet night of offense, really, for both teams. One run is all that was needed. Two runs, six hits, no errors for the Reds. No runs, seven hits, two errors for the Milwaukee Brewers. Wade Miley, your winning pitcher tonight. Eight innings pitch, no earned runs allowed. He did allow those seven hits. Eric Lauer, a tough luck loser. Lauer goes six, allowing one earned run. Actually lowers his ERA to 3.83 in the process. Game two of the series will be played tomorrow night. Note the 5.40 broadcast time on WTMJ, 6.15 first pitch. It's a Fox television broadcast of the national variety. We, of course, hope you listen to the game on WTMJ. For Evan Wittellison and Jerry Augustine, I'm Greg Matzik. And for Matt Pauley, who will be back tomorrow night, saying thank you for being a part of Brewers Extra Innings. Enjoy the rest of your night on WTMJ.